Hey guys, welcome to episode 143 of Inside the Cage. Back after a little week off, um, due to unforeseen circumstances. Mark with me, as always. How are you, mate? I'm good, my man. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Good. Sun is shining, kind of. Maybe. Gonna say that where's the sun shining at yours anyway? Because it's not happening here. Uh, it's breaking through, mate. It's trying its best. The shadows, that means the sun must be out, mate. No, I mean, I've not seen the sun for about two weeks, I think. The very bloody weather's been so, mm, yeah. How's your week or how's your couple of weeks been? Seeing as we haven't done this in a while, busy, busy, my man. Um, busy as always. Hence why we ended up not doing we couldn't get a show on last week. Just one of these things, life gets in the way as usual. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, aye, is what it is, mate. But aye, it's been all right. What about yourself? All right, all right. It was away, f- was away for a few days. So, um, could we break? It was all right. It was just a lot. Mate. It was a lot. <laughs> it was, it was four days, just constant partying, and it just it gets a lot eventually. So, um, yeah, it was good though, mate. It was good to get away and good to not be working and away. Decent people, so sorry, decent. Good, glad to hear it, mate. But glad to get back to this and glad to get back to the UFC, um, returning, I suppose, um, because they had a week off as well, just like us. So, um, and with UFC 273, um, so follow the usual format as always, guys. We'll look back at the weekend, um, and then we'll jump forward this week. We'll look and see what's coming up, and then Mark will give us these fight announcements and any news from the past couple of weeks, seeing as we missed an issue. And yeah, we'll go from there. So we'll start with UFC two seven three um, from the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida, which is almost kind of like become, um, I would say UFC's like second home. I suppose you could say um, outside of Vegas, they seem to have held a lot there. Um, headlined by uh, the featherweight title fight between Volkanovski and the Zombie. Also on this card, you had the bantamweight title, you had the welterweight kind of top five kind of elimination type fight, you had a strawweight women's uh, elimination title type fight thing. You had lots going on on this card. Um, but yeah, where do you want to start? You want to start with uh, Volk and TKZ, or do you want to start somewhere else? I start, may as well start with Volk. I think it's a, it sounds harsh and zobby, but it's like an easy one to kind of get out of the way and just kind of then allow us to get on with the rest of the stuff. Um, like, uh, he, he said there was kind of levels and he was a level above, and I think he showed that obviously on Saturday, mate. It was everything he'd done was just sensational from start to finish. Um, yeah, I think what's kind of Scary as he has improving as well, folk. It's not as if he's just staying at that level. He has improving every time you see him. It's 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 kind of mental, man. He's he's tiny at that size as well. I thought he looked tiny height wise against Zombie, and it was kind of like wow. Um, it was the same against Ortega though, because Ortega's quite a tall feather as well. Um, and this this was this. I, I thought you know I I've been struggling for the words all day for this because. I'm not a Volk fan, never have been. Um, I don't know why. Decent fighter, but he it's funny how like we say he's levels above, but every time he fights, he levels up himself. Like that's the best version of Alexander Volkanovsky I've ever seen. That was utterly, utterly outstanding. Um probably one of the best, you know, MMA performances I've ever seen. Honestly, mate, I thought that was incredible. Um I said to you, like, pound for pound, he's probably the best. On that performance, right, on that performance alone, he's pound for pound by far, by a mile, the best in the world. You think of how disappointing Kamaru Usman's been in the last couple of fights. Um, that is, without a doubt, the best pound for pound MMA fighter on the planet. If you take in his whole record, you know, there's those two those two dubious Holloway fights. Um, maybe dampen that a little, but, mate, this was... Unreal. I know his fight with Ortega was good, but I think his fight with Ortega was good because it was good from both points of view. You know, it was a good fight, whereas this was just a 20-minute clinic from Volkanovski as to how to nullify any threat from an, oppos- an oppos- opposing fighter. Because I love the zombie, right? And he did absolutely sweet fuck all for 20 minutes. 
he did absolutely nothing, mate. Um, uh, part part of that was obviously because of how good Volkanovski was, but there was nothing. There was nothing coming out of him. There was the odd punch coming back here and there, but there really wasn't a lot. Um, I think probably I think when we were first talking about this fight, I think if I remember correctly, I said at the time I, I didn't say it was stupid that Zombie was going against this fight. I didn't say it was daft, but I wasn't for it in any way, shape, or form because I couldn't see any other way the fight was going to go. Yeah. Um, we love Zombie. Everybody loves Zombie. Everybody loves his attitude and the way he goes into the fights and the way he walks forward and he reacts and he fights and it doesn't matter the nick of him. He'll just keep going. Just keep going in the fight 100%. Even in that fourth round on Saturday night at the start of the fourth round, you could easily have called it and obviously Herb after 45 seconds round eight boys, that's enough. Let's get out of here. That's yeah. game over. But Zombie would have kept fighting. He'd have kept going. I think you need, you really, you literally need to kill the man. Yeah. To stop him fighting. But yeah. there's four or five guys, or possibly one or two, who are definitely ahead of everybody else in the division. You've got Volkanovski and Holloway, who for me are still pretty level. I had Holloway winning the second fight. So for me, yeah. I still I need to see that fight again. Um yes. Ortega again is another one that's probably ahead. There's just two or three fighters that are ahead of Zombie. And the fight, look, Volkanovski needed a fight on Saturday night, and obviously this was the fight that was made for whatever reason, and that's fine. But I yeah, never ever yeah. seen this going any other way. I didn't think Zombie was at the level of Volkanovski, to be honest, and I wasn't yeah. surprised. It was great as a performance it was. I think you've still got to put a wee bit of just, like, brilliant. I think getting him out of there obviously was the biggest thing. Getting Zombie out, if he just put on a decision victory against Zombie and just went through the motions, aye, that's just Volkanovski type thing. But to get him out of there inside, obviously, the four rounds and stuff like that, it was a really good performance, but I'm still kind of keeping myself reserved in the fact that, for me, he wasn't fighting somebody who was on his level. I know that sounds stupid to say. But then I just wanted to go all the way fight to see what kind of level he's really at. I think again. Yeah. You have to fight what's put in front of you, though, mate. Like, that's, we keep saying it all the time. And we talked about why Zombie was picked. Zombie was the only option. There was no other option. No, no. Because everybody else was tied up. I don't have an issue with this fight at all. I don't, I didn't, I mean, I picked, TK, I picked uh, TKZ because I mean I'm I just don't like Vulcan. I like Zombie. I thought, you know what? Somebody's gonna to have to beat him at some point. Why not Zombie? You know, fuck it, why not? Um okay, fair enough. It was probably not gonna happen. Um, but um I thought it was class from Volk. I thought he looked he looked so sharp, so fast, so strong, just didn't seem as if there was any holes in that game at all, mate. Like at all. Like nothing. No, like, I know you're saying it maybe wasn't that great because of who he was fighting, but if you take away who he was fighting, he could have been fighting MD on Saturday, and I think it would have went the same way, honestly. Possibly. Definitely a possibility. But I'm not doubting the performance, as I said. I thought I thought Volkanovski was superb. Um, I thought he was absolutely sensational. I thought that, as you say, his striking was so quick. Even the wee take, the wee judo takedowns and stuff like that, he was getting on zone a couple of times and stuff like that. As I said, look, he was superb. I'm not doubting that. For a single second, um, and he is one of the best pound for pound fighters in the planet. There's no doubt about that. Um, so I just, I just want to know if it is actually the featherweight champion because I've still got that thing lingering in my head that Holloway won that second fight for me, and it's until we get a definitive answer between the two of them, I'm always going to have that doubt about Volkanovski. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. I, as I said, I agree totally. Like I thought. I mean, I actually thought Max beat him twice. First one was really close. It wasn't that bad. The second one, definitely Max beat him for me. Um, but, I mean, what 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 is next? So, let's say they don't, Max Holloway and don't fight next, right? Let's say for whatever reason. There's nothing in that featherweight division for Volca at the moment. So, everyone's talking about him fighting, you know, uh, Oliveira or Gaethje. Um, or perhaps, you know, moving up at some point. Um, what do you think? I mean, there's also this... There's talk of Cejudo, but there's talk of Cejudo fighting Aljo, which we'll talk about later as well. But there's all these there's all these scenarios that in front of Volk that apparently don't seem to involve fighting the featherweight. Well, I think at the moment, I think you've kind of got to let the if, if the, the Holloway fight doesn't the third fight doesn't get made, you've maybe got to let another four or five guys in that division kind of fight each other out, maybe either. 
takes the rest of the year off or he goes and does kind of what Adesanya done at the time. Let's be honest, when Adesanya went and Von Blahovic, there wasn't really a lot there for him. He had to kind of wait for a middleweight division to sort itself out. So he wanted mm-hmm. to go and try something different and he stepped up and went and fought Blahovic. So yeah. possibly, yes, that's maybe a line that Volkanovski can do and go, right, well, let's take a step up. Let's go and maybe challenge Charles Oliveira or Gaethje, whoever wins the title. Did Oliveira fight a fella right away like that at the start, didn't he? Oliveira? Aye. Aye I'm sure he did. Right, so uh, the, it sounds quite good as well, the fact that he used to fight a featherweight, you've got a featherweight champion cup, a lightweight, if Oliveira's still the champion, you get the two of them fighting off as well. There's a wee bit of that as well, that possibly that if, say, Oliveira did beat Volkanovski and he's got his belt, and Volkanovski, maybe maybe he could do the rematch, do it back 145, do you know what I mean? There maybe a wee storyline you can maybe go along with that, because Gaethje probably could never make 145. So yeah, there's maybe, maybe that as the fight to... Maybe that is a fight to make. Maybe you look forward, but then you've got to like look at Makachev and stuff like that within that division. You've got to go turn and go, well, what the fuck about me? Why are you giving him the shot? It's my division. I'm the guy that's one ten in a row in this division and you're not looking at me. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's next for Volk. Um I know what I want to see, and it's the only fight I want to see within the featherweight division for him at this moment in time. Because I want to know if he is actually still the champion as such, or he should still be champion. Um, yeah. And you let the other guys maybe and see if we can find a contender out of that division because he's either beaten everyone or he's beaten the guy who's beat everybody else. Yeah. So you're struggling to go over well, what's next. You're maybe looking at an Arnold Allen, a Bryce Mitchell, something like that, just to give it something different. I'm talking mm. about, you're talking about a year down the line because he's, He's basically got to take a career break or he's got to go and fight in another division at this moment in time because there's nothing there for Volkanovski. So you... There's nothing there unless Max is fit in the next three months, four months, five months. There's nothing apparently, there. Apparently he could have been fit for this fight, but apparently it was to do because obviously this fight was supposed to be a while back, wasn't it? It was supposed to be the two pay-per-views ago or something like that. And he couldn't be fit for that one, but he could have actually been fit for this one. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I don't know what the script was, but I think if the Holloway does, fight doesn't get made, he's got to look for something different. Let four or five guys maybe within the division fight it out, see where they go, and then see who comes through in the end. You might have a Tapuria, an Evloev, Bryce Mitchell, that kind of thing, Arnold Darling, Josh Emmett, maybe one of them's going to come through and be the challenger for Volkanovski. Do I think they're good enough probably to take the title off them? I don't know about that, but you've got to give mm-hmm. them their, try, their shot if they get there. Yeah. I totally agree. You've got to give them the give them the shot, mate. If they earn it, if they earn the right, they've got to get the right. But uh, it's it's all kind of weird. It's, when you've got somebody who's so dominant, it's so hard to figure out what's next. If there is, if nobody's making a run at the belt, if there's nobody really, I mean, we had obviously um, Mister Giga making a run, and that gets shut down quite comfortably by Calvin Cater. Do you know, had had Giga beaten Calvin Cater, you and I would be sitting here having a conversation about you know, Volk fighting Giga, unless Volk had fought Giga on Saturday, do you know what I mean, instead? So it's funny how these fights just get shut down completely. I think if you're, if you're looking for a fight straight away, if you're not making a holiday fight and you're looking for another fight within the featherweight division, I'm not saying that either of them are going to beat, but there's probably only one fight. Let's be honest, I think Ortega Rodriguez was pretty much... That's done, I think. Ah, that's nearly done, right? So zombies out the window, Holloway's out the window. Because straight away, you're looking at Qatar and Allen, who are the two guys. They're sitting fifth and sixth in the division. Maybe that's the fight you make, and for that, you get your winner. And, if, if, and that's who Volkanovski fights next. And it's just one of those things he's just got to go along, take all the dominoes away, and that's it. Yeah. Um, I just need to wait and see, mate. It's, it's a strange one for Volkanovski to see. He's so dominant. So what is. What is What's next? next for him? Yeah. All right. Moving swiftly on to the co-main event uh, for the bantamweight belt, Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Ran running back possibly one of the most controversial title fights ever, maybe. Um, obviously, Peter Yan was correct to have been, you know, not given, sorry, to have lost the fight. But I think everybody's argument was that a disqualification shouldn't win you the belt, I yeah. think that's a, like even I think I think Aljo at the time, if you watch clips back, are doing a day and I try to put the belt on him, he's screaming, he's shaking, he's like, "This isn't what I wanted." So maybe that's something UFC should look at going forward. But this was a chance for Peter to go. Well, no, I was fucking smashing you, 
I've got to prove it. This is also a chance for Sterling to nail his name to the Massey. I am actually the legit champ. And well, according to two judges, he did. Well, it was weirdly, I would I could I could have happily gave us a 44 uh, a 47 47 draw. I could have probably went that way. The first round, it's all this is all decided on the first round. Yeah. It was all about the first round. Um, there's no doubt that Aljo won the second and third. There's no doubt that Jan won the fourth and fifth. It was all what your point of view was in the first round. Um, I actually, personally, I thought the second round could have been a 10-8 to Aljo myself. Um, so, personally, the first round was quite tight. I think I gave it in... I gave it to Aljo for just because I thought that he did a wee bit more. I thought a lot of the stuff that Yam was throwing wasn't hitting Aljo at all. I thought that's what I could see, whether or not that was true with the numbers. I'm not sure, but that's what I was seeing. Um, so I gave it to Aljo. But if you'd given it to Yan, for me, it still could have been a draw. I don't, personally, this is my own point of view, that Yan didn't win the fight. I'm not necessarily saying that he lost the fight, but he possibly didn't win the fight. Um, yeah. So I can see it. I can see. I don't have. A, weirdly, we we would happily have a good judges on this show, but I don't have an issue with it. I know you yourself. Obviously, you'd Jan winning it, but not like not so bad as to say this is horrendous, mate. It was so close. It was so tight. I can't remember why, but I didn't think the second round was a ten eight. There was a reason for it. I need to watch it back to remember because I watched it like first thing Sunday morning. It was ages ago. Um, yeah. So I'd need to watch it again, but because I know I thought we, you know, what you said, and I was like, no, there was a reason. I specifically remember thinking, you know, some people will see that as a ten eight, and I cannot remember for the life of me why I didn't think it was a ten eight. But I need to watch it back. For me, I thought Jan edged the first round again. It's just one of these things. Mate. It was so close. It's not a robbery. I'm not sitting here going it's a Volkanovski versus you know Holloway. I'm not saying that. Aljamain won the fight. Fine. If Jan had won the fight, fine. I wouldn't really have cared either way. I actually don't really care either way. I don't particularly like either guy. Um, I'm glad it's been put to bed because now we can move on. Um, because there's some really interesting fights at Bantamweight, but um, I wasn't overly disappointed with the, the judging on this. I say personally, for me, I would have scored it 48 47 Yan, but it was that tight the first round, mate. They were both quite slow and coming out and tentative. Um, it was a weird tactic from Aljo because Aljo in the first fight came out flying. Um, and in the second and third round, he came out fucking flying like after Jan, but in the first round, he didn't. It was the weirdest thing. And just wonder how much of an exclamation point he could have put on it if he had come out in the first round flying. I wonder, I wonder though, if there was a tactical reason behind that. I think after the first round and the first fight, he was fucked, he was gassed, he was totally gone. Um, don't get me wrong, well, obviously. Not gassed here at all. Um, no. That's one thing I'll say about the two of these guys. They put to be fair, mate. Right, although we're talking about the decision, we really should be talking about the fight because the fight was class. It was was a tremendous fight. It was absolutely superb fight. Yeah, there, there. I think what made it so good was the technical aspect of everything that was happening as well. It wasn't just a bit of a war and a bit of a a fight like that. It was it was such a a high level of mixed martial arts and stuff like that. Um, First round, they say a wee bit cagey. Aldo kind of scuttled around the outside. Jan tried to pressure. Was there much really connection from your fighter? Probably not. It was a bit yeah. meh. Second round, for me, Aldo fucking dominated. He was constantly looking for submissions the first couple of minutes. Eventually got on top. Was throwing a bit of ground in town. Um, for me, I like to see more 10-8. So I was 100% happy to give that a 10-8 because if that's not a definition of 10-8, I'm kind of, I don't know what it is, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Third round again, Aldo got him down. Again, this time, he did no damage. He wasn't really. He, he maybe had him down for most of the round, but he done no damage. He wasn't really looking for submissions either. So, yeah, he controlled the fight in the third round, ten nine. Then Ferreira on, obviously, Yan won it fourth and fifth. Yeah, no questions. I mean, Yan was by, by far the better fight in the fourth and fifth. I think he even got a takedown at one point as well, which for Peter Yan's not exactly normal. That seems a bit strange. So, no, the and it was superb, and it was a brilliant back and forth fight, and to have to decide it on that first round, which was exceedingly meh, considering that the other four rounds where it was kind of disappointing in a way. You wanted maybe one fighter, obviously, go and put an exclamation mark on that in the first round and go, right, boom, and neither fighter did that, really, to say that 
the hundred percent win the round is such so it's all about opinions, it's all about what you're looking oh. for in that first round and it's whatever way it goes, do you know what I mean? And Aljo's yeah. the one that eventually gets his hand raised with that. I've got to be honest, I'm surprised Aljo reached that level of performance. I don't know if he actually had that in him. This is why, like I said to you, I still think Jan's better. Now, maybe in hindsight, I maybe shouldn't have jumped in two-footed with that statement because Aljo beat a very good Piotr Jan. So maybe Aljo is on that level. But yeah, I agree. Before this, I wouldn't have said that Aljo was on that level. Uh, I, would I think there's a lot of his stuff for finishes. He was getting finishes in the first couple of rounds and that was... Yeah. And that was getting him through and getting him up the rankings. I didn't know if he had a full performance at him like he did. Yeah, so, it was uh, it was it was just class. It was a class twenty five minutes, mate. I didn't skip any of it. Um, sometimes if you're watching it back, you know, put it on twice speed or you maybe skip another thirty seconds here or there. But every single minute of this was absolutely brilliant, mate. It was superb. It was two guys who are very very good. And as I say, at the end of it, the two of them looked like they could keep going. Um, uh, I would like to see them fight again at some point. Um, perhaps not straight away. Maybe they both need to go off and do their own things. Um, maybe Jan needs to earn the shot, obviously, because Sterling was basically verbally abusing TJ Dillashaw, um, or Pillashaw, should I call him. <laughs> so there's definitely that fight to I make. I have seen that live, because my recording, all the bloody expletives were bleeped out. We didn't matter yeah. Me too. Like, mate, even the same, like, see when you watch it on catch up on like, the BT Sport app, because sometimes I watch it when I'm in my bed on a Sunday morning and I watch uh, it on my phone on the BT Sport app and they just they blink it out. And I don't know how they manage to do it on your recording on the telly. That's really clever. They must like hack your recording because I record it live and then watch uh, it back. But when I watch it back live, they bleep it all out. It's mental. It's almost as if the recording's delayed. It's mental. I wonder, I wonder if it's because of the time it was on because I'd imagine this was on after five in the morning. So it might be a time thing. As soon as it's after a certain time, they just. Uh, but what I'm saying is they'll have to go back and delete it or delay it. They'd have to. They yeah, couldn't. Sure. Like, I'm recording that live, mate. So it's not as if like it's you know I'm watching a catch up thing that they've got time to tweak and edit and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, class fight, mate. Class, absolutely class fight between two top guys. Um, be interesting to see what happens going forward. We could have a chat about it, but I guess Dillashaw is probably the fight for Sterling. Jan maybe goes and maybe looks down a wee bit. Maybe Aldo or. Santi, are Aldo and Font fine? I've got that in my head. Or has that happened? Uh, I, I Aldo lost to... I Font lost to Aldo. Uh, There's so, only yeah. one fight for me. I want to see Peter Jan in there. Right. Div- Div- Divash Keep the wee narrative going between the teams as well. Because mm. Peter Jan, Peter Jan already beat Aldo, didn't he? So maybe, maybe that's one way to look at it, mate. This is well, he's a man on a run in that division as well. He's the guy with a seven-fight win streak, so... Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Um, to the phenom, the hype train, the main man, the savage, the wolf, the everything, this big, bad Chechnyan. Um, Kamzat Chemaev versus Gilbert Burns. Um, <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> Uh, I, I personally, I thought the fight was sensational. Uh, there is not many fights that get me up at my seat, but I was literally standing in the middle of my living room watching this fight. I think there was hairs of my arms standing up at one point. It was just, it was amazing from start to finish. It was fucking amazing. It was so good to see Chimaev be challenged as well. And I, I had a feeling Burns would do that. Burns is tough, man. Tough as anything. So I thought Chimaev. He might win the fight. I've got no doubt he probably will win the fight. But I've got every confidence that Gilbert Burns at some point could could do something that finishes Chimaev or gets a submission. Just something. I don't think we give Gilbert Burns probably the credit he deserves for how high a level a mixed martial artist this man is. His jiu-jitsu is off the scale. We know that. Oh, like He's fucking we, three times world champion, isn't he? I think we did because you and I gave him a decent chance against... Usman. I just um, mean the general, probably the population oh, in the MMA world, not just us ourselves. I think it's hard, don't we? I think it's hard when you look at a guy who, you know, 
can't beat maybe the top two guys in the division. So people automatically think, ah, he's not that good. Chamayev's going to smash him. Um, there was always a chance that it could go like this, to be honest. There was always a chance that Chamayev could have smashed him as well. But, I mean, I, the thing is, the main thing for me was always going to be Burnsy's toughness. I did think this is probably how it was going to go. Chamayev was probably going to beat him up. I thought it'd be a wee bit more one-sided. I'm not going to lie. I was probably shocked at how much uh, Burns gave to it. But I did think that Burns would take it all the way. I didn't think Chimaev would finish him because Burns is solid. Burns is like solid and he hits so hard. He hits like a truck. Like, I thought this was great. The size difference was noticeable in both ways. Obviously, height wise, Chimaev like dwarfed him, but then Burns is built like the side of a hoose. So, yeah. Um, yeah the, the difference from two guys who both fight at 170 pounds is ridiculous. Yeah. I, would, they, I, I would love to see. I know this is not really, you know, MMA related, but I'd love to see these guys grapple, like uh, like a like a submission underground or something like that. I'd love to yeah, see that. Yeah, that, that would be sensational because obviously you know how good a Chamayev is as a wrestler, but yeah. Bunzi's submissions are jiu-jitsu. just yeah. jiu-jitsu is just fucking off the chain. Obviously, yeah. in this fight, there was a couple of takedowns for well, they tried a couple of takedowns for either guy. I think Chamayev got one in the first round, but apart from that, they kind of kept obviously on the feet most of the time and. I mean, it was just a sensational fight. I think it, was. it wasn't just necessarily how much of a war it was and what the blood that was coming out. It was the skill level and the high level of technique that was involved in the fight. And when you see a fight like that being fought like that, yeah. it's fucking amazing. Like, you yeah. see some guys and you see these wars between the offence to the guys, like, Guys are lower down the rankings and they're not fucking shit each other. I'm trying to think. Shane Burgos is one I've got straight in my head. I know Shane Burgos is a great boxer, but he's not probably at this level. Yeah. But he's got that war mentality. He's always in absolutely sensational fights. But sometimes it's just a wee bit more, fuck it, let's just go knock shit each other. It's the technical ability of these two guys to knock shit out of each other which made it absolutely fucking sensational because the punches that were thrown, the uppercuts that were getting thrown for fucking Burns at one point, was fucking unbelievable. The overhand, it was just brilliant, mate. It it's, just... me- it's, it's mental. Burns landed more strikes than Chimaev did. Um, I'm actually not surprised. Burns, Chimaev threw more. Uh-huh. But, um, the cl- I mean, the, the percentages are crazy. 59% at any level is ridiculous. And even 48% is pretty good. Run about half is good, do you know what I mean? So I think that just shows you the level of this fight, mate. It was, it was just amazing. It was some fight. I didn't really want anybody to lose. And I would love to have watched another two rounds of it, whether well, those two guys could have went another two rounds. I don't... Chimaev looked absolutely fucked. Um, sounded fucked after it. So perhaps not... But I would have loved to have seen it. It was the one thing as soon as the fight finished. I went, I want an alternate. I still stop it now. I think then I should get a veto. Then I should get a veto during the fight. And if there's a three-rounder, that's just fucking (laughs) absolutely sensational. Right, boys, I'll pay you double. Get fucking back in there. (laughs) I totally agree, mate. He should be like, he should have won one of them every night. He's allowed to play. Um, There's a card, like a blue card or something. Hodges blue card up. Then he's like, for fuck's sake, yes, let's get in amongst it. And they go for the last two rounds. I think it'd be absolutely fucking brilliant. Sadly, that will never happen because guys no. obviously train for 15 minutes. But, um, yeah, That's mate, bro, well deserved. Like fucking Roman Emperor putting his thumb up and doing stuff. That's what I'm talking about. Well deserved uh, fight of the night for them anyway, mate. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I think because of the high level of technique, if that's not probably a fight at the end of the year, I, I can't wait to see the fight that beats up. There's been a few good ones already this year. Oh, I know, but when you think about the high technical level of that fight, I think that's what steals it for me. Mm, yeah. Um, but aye, there's been a few sensational fights already, as you say, but I'll bet you see what's next for both of these. I think that'll be the big thing now. Obviously, Chimaya, if you'd imagine, is going to rise in the rankings, Burns will fall a wee bit. Um, aye, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, well, I agree. I agree. What about the strawweight contendership fight between Dern and Torres. Another split decision, another not mega controversial, but it was, yeah, um, again, it was all in the first round. It was all about how these fighters start their fights, and it seems to have been that the judges preferred how Mackenzie Dern started the fight to Tisha Torres. 
Oh, it was a great, it was a great fight again. It was another brilliant back and forth fight. I thought the technical level was extremely, extremely high. Um, I think you can see the massive improvements that Mackenzie Dern has made in her striking ability. Um, different fighter, mate. Absolutely. The work that she's been putting in, you can one hundred percent see that difference in it. It was absolutely superb. At the same time, she tried everything in that second round to get a submission, but Tisha Torres's defense was absolutely sensational at times. Um, you've got to give her every credit in the world for that. Um, especially then come out in the third round as well and won the th- third round pretty easily for me against uh, Dale in the end, to be honest. Some of her kicks and all that were unbelievable. Again, it's all about the first round and it's how you it's how you've seen that first round. Um, for me, I thought Dern probably put the more um, the harder punches as such, maybe the punches that created a bit more oomph as such, a wee bit more about them. Whereas Tisha was probably touching up a wee bit more, probably. I would imagine on the, on the stats card that Tisha probably punched her, out landed strikes in that first round. I've not seen the, the, the cards to see yet, but um, I think I, I gave it to Dern because of that, because of that factor of the strikes were maybe a wee bit more punishing, they were a wee bit more hard, they maybe were doing a wee bit more damage than what Tisha's were doing. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, this was a worse decision than the Yan one. This was a, this wasn't a shocker, but I had Torres winning that fight, mate. Um, I I don't even know, like I didn't at any point think that. Darren had won it because I had I was like it was one each after two for me I didn't even doubt the first round to be honest and then watched the third round and went ah oh, bright man class and I heard it was a split and I was there and I was like wow really man I maybe need to watch the first round again um, and see but for me personally it was close don't be wrong mate. it wasn't like a pure oh my god that's a robbery it's shocking it's fucking disgusting sack all the judges it's not like that but for me this was a lot more one sided than what Jan Sterling was Jan Sterling was a lot closer for me um, gutted for Tisha, because this was a massive step up in class for Tisha. Um, I mean, she landed 61% of her significant strikes, mate. Just for that alone, she should have won the fucking fight. I mean, that's 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 in, that's insane numbers, mate. Insane that's, numbers. That's extremely like, high, mate. That's, oh, that's almost twice Mackenzie Dern. Dern landed 32%. Now, okay, I know Tisha Torres' he's striking is way better than what Dern's is, but for that much of a differential, mate, is, uh, is mental. Tisha Torres didn't technically get taken down, apparently. She stopped five takedowns of Derns. Just looking at the numbers, mate, if you looked at the numbers and nothing else, um, you know, the, the the numbers don't lie. Two, two, two minutes, 24 control time for Dern. Two minutes, 54 control time for Torres. You know, Dern tried to submit Torres three times and couldn't. I just think all of this stuff is in Tisha's favour. If you looked at a fight as a whole, if you look at the rounds, yeah, I get it. First round's close. But if you look at the fight as a whole, there should only be one winner in that fight, mate. And that's Tisha Torres because I know that's something they do in one championship. They look at a fight as a whole. And if you looked at this, these stats and all the stuff that went on in the fight, Tisha Torres smashed them. I suppose the thing is, but these fights only judged on stats, are they? They're judged on what you can see in front of you. And... But then at the end of a fight, if you're if you're watching a fight as a whole 15 minutes, if you watch that fight as 50 minutes, does it score it around two to one the fight? But for, see, that's difficult to say because you've got to evaluate it in one way or another. You've got to yeah. find a way to judge that fight. Like for me, actually, weirdly, what I do, I see when I'm judging a fight, I'm judging a yeah. round of a fight. I like to split it up into minutes when I look at the minutes. Yeah. And so even if you were to judge it as a full 15 minutes, you're still going to split it into three rounds. Yeah. You're still going to do it that way. So it's difficult to say, mate, to be honest. It is, mate. Of course it is. And looking at these stats makes it look really easy. I mean, I know you say you thought Dern outstruck Torres in the first round. No, no, I didn't say she outstruck her. I thought Torres outstruck her, but I thought Dern caused the more damage in shots. Yeah. Well, see, that's another thing. Like, it... It's so difficult, mate, because, I don't know, getting punched in the face 28 times over 37, 35 times, it's only seven different punches. Granted, if Dan hits a wee bit harder, but it's just, it's so difficult, mate. It's so it's so subjective, like, so subjective. That's for um, judging. There, there is a criteria there as such that you've got to, that's where you've got to base your judging on as such. You've got to go, at right, well, you've based it on, say, damage, control time, blah, 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 and you're doing the last, and... That's just the way they do it. I think I actually think damage is first. So 
if you think that somebody's throwing the more damaging shots, say somebody's throwing ten fights, but ten punches, but they're more damaging than somebody's twenty. Yeah, then... I wouldn't even have. I wouldn't even have said that Tisha looked damaged at all. That was the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the heart. There might be harder shots, but then that's also really, really hard to tell, mate. You can't actually tell if that's a harder strike or not because you've actually got no way of knowing that unless you get both of them to punch them and you punch you in the face after the fight. So it's hard to know. I suppose you could, you, you could tell from reaction, you can tell from maybe somebody the way they react. If it sounds like Chimaev at one point when Burns punched him on Saturday night, he fucking he turned it into an owl, mate. He was fucking looking the other way, he was fucking yeah. turning backwards. Yeah. I mean, wee things like that, it's so small that possibly that's the only way you could tell. Yeah. Um, Put it this way, I was shocked. I was shocked when they read out this decision. So that tells you how I basically felt about it. I thought. Yeah, um, the thing they had done enough. Um, simple as that. Uh, but hey, it is what it is, mate. It's not for everybody. Do you know what I mean? So, so good. Again, I don't think it was the the worst decision I've ever seen, but it was probably it was probably worse than Jan Sterling, but it wasn't that bad either. If you know what I mean, compared to some of the ones we've seen over the last kind of couple of years. So, yeah. um, I'm easy pizza on it to be honest, mate. So we're kind of. My God, man, been talking straight for so long, right? I could let's say let's talk about all the rest of it, but let's just pick out a few bits and bobs. Let's try and wrap this up a bit and get moved on. Um, is there anything of the other what seven fight eight fights that you would particularly like to mention? Um, just one thing, Mark 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 Madsen will not be a UFC champion. I know he's determined to be one, but he will not be a UFC champion for yeah, me. He's no, he's no good enough. He's too easy to hit, right? Ian Gary, he's obviously the kind of superstar. He's the up-and-coming guy. Now, you look at two guys probably who have came from the British Isles, shall we call them, Britain and Ireland, that kind of whatever you want. Well, what's the, what's the group of islands called, no matter where you are in the world? Probably the British Isles, isn't it? Well, I don't think the Irish would, have, would have approve of that. But, what's, what's, what's the geographical name for the islands? That's what I'm talking about. Anyway. I don't know. At the moment, him and probably Paddy are the two that are on a trajectory to stardom as such. Mm-hmm. There's only one of those two that I can see anywhere getting anywhere near a belt, and that's probably Ian Gary. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win a belt, but he's going to get a hell of a lot closer than fucking Paddy Pimlet for me. I have one question for you, right? Go. I agree with everything you just said. I think Paddy's definitely more marketable just now for... UFC, I think Gary tried his best on Saturday to look like he could be a McGregor type, but he just seems like too nice a kid. He's very determined and he's yeah. driven, and I like that. But yeah. my question for you is, were you impressed with Gary on Saturday? Not overly. Right, good. Um, I thought it was just me. I, I don't like... I love I think- Gary. I like the fact that he's big, he's long, he's rangy. He doesn't really look to me like a welterweight, like standard. He's, he's kind of... He's like a Darren Till mold for me, that kind of style, that long rangey style. I think he's brilliant to watch, but I wasn't impressed. Like I wasn't pure blown away. I wasn't like, holy fuck, Ian Gary is legit. I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. I can see that myself because it was a bit. I felt like there was something missing out. Of it, I think the third round he finally caught weeks so with a decent knock, but fucking put him on his base on his ass. Obviously, weeks get straight back up again anyway. But yeah, there was. There was something missing for me. Look, the guy's still young. He's still learning. He's still got a long way to go. Let's not rush him. I think you can see his skill level. The skill and highlight, like even some of his takedown defense and stuff, that was fucking superb at times. Weeks is, Weeks is strong, man. As strong as an ox. I mean, he's fucking, he's wide, okay. he's thick. He's, he's, he was determined to get Gary down. But fair play to Ian Gary, most of the time, I can't think Weeks, I don't think Weeks got a takedown at all, did he? Can't remember. Yeah, um, so, from that point of view, his takedown defense was very, very good. One takedown was at one takedown, he put on his ass at one point, right? So, even then, it's still pretty good because weeks kept, kept going. Um, but his striking is extremely good. You can see that. His kicks are fucking very good. That left high kick is just fucking. It just he's, comes out of nowhere. I don't know where it fucking comes from. So, he's, he's, definitely he's 24, right? He's 24, right? He's got so much time. He's, he's a baby. He's at the same stage of his UFC career that Paddy's at in terms of fights. Okay, Paddy's got the mouth, right, which is fine. And everybody will always compare fighters to Paddy, I think, going forward, anybody new. He's 24, 
So give him a couple of years, let him work it, let him do it. He's good, like he's talented, no doubt. I just wasn't that impressed with him, to be honest. Um, and even against Jordan Williams in his debut, you know, he got hit a couple of times and you're thinking, oh, maybe not. But listen, he's definitely got skills and I really hope he makes... I really hope he makes himself something because he's 9-0, mate. You don't go 9-0, do you know what I mean? He fought some... He, he, he smashed one of the Figlack brothers, do you know what I mean? Won the belt off of Jack Grant, which is not easy to do it that way. And then obviously... Jordan, he's a 2-0 two, two in the UFC, so he's, he's on the right path. I just think, maybe I think the longer he spends at Sanford MMA, the better, because obviously he's only just, I presume he's only just went over there since he started signing with the UFC. Since he signed with the UFC. Yeah, he has. He fell, he fell out with his gym and stuff like that in Ireland and things like that. Yeah. So, six foot three welterweight, mate. He's got all the tools. Just let's see if we can put it together. Um, 100% on the Ingari hype train. Um, 100%. Well, hype train. I'm not worried, weirdly. I'm not worried about I think with the way that I've got it in my head is when I watch an Ian Gary fight or Ian guys get into a fight, I wouldn't be worried about him getting beat. Whereas the likes of Paddy, I can see Paddy getting fucking sparked out by somebody very, very soon. Whereas yeah. I think Ian Gary's got the defensive ability and the technical ability to avoid these type things. I know we really shouldn't compare them to. I'm just trying to think of two fighters probably who are in a similar sector in their career at this moment in time. I think they two probably are kind of very, very similar within that respect. So, yeah. um, but it was a decent performance. It probably wasn't his best. He would probably admit that himself, but it was it was pretty good, mate. He won the fight, and you can't think we can really deny that. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, any other special mentions? I know you mentioned Dean Gary. Um, Mike Malott for me. <sighs> mate, this was, this was impressive, man. Okay, he, he took a couple as well. That's the thing. He fucking took a couple. He strikes me as that kind of guy. Like, he strikes me as that kind of, I really don't give a fuck. I'm going to hit the fight. If I get hit, I get hit. Fuck it. He just kind of came across like that at the end. Like, basically shouting out the charity thing he was doing, which is class, by the way. I heard they've raised some serious money since he, 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 he announced it and stuff like that. I just, he just kind of, this kind of, this guy that, you know, maybe might lose a few, but might win a few. Do you know what I mean? He's eight and one, to be fair. He might end up being an absolute sensation. But, um, yeah, wow. wow. What a yeah, left, like what a left hook, man. I like I like the look of him, man. It was, it was good to watch. I say if he takes a couple, and you got I said you you've got to take a couple to fucking hit a couple, and that's what he did in this fight. And don't get me wrong, Mickey Gall hit him a couple of times, but um, he fucking that left out as you say was just sensational. Um, yeah. So ah, uh, that was fucking tremendous, mate. Um, and else you want to listen? I could probably talk about all of it. Um. Rocky looked class against Lad. Lad needs to do something different. That's a couple of performances from how that have been pure meh, like proper bland. I thought Raquel Pennington looked fucking sensational. Uh, fluffy, I mean, yeah, best second best nickname in the whole of the world. Um, I like Josh Fremd. I like that big frame. I like guys who are tall and rangy and lanky. So I'd like to see him fight again. That was just a difficult fight for him. Um, and of course, shout out to Alexi Lennox, 60 wins, man. That's just fucking stupid. Like, it's just actual stupid. Mate, you've no idea how much I was screaming at the telly when Big Vander, I was looking for that fucking weird naked choke. I was like, go for it, go for it, please get it, please get it. Just for the banter to say that you've choked out Alexi Lennox would be fucking sensational. It's, you know what he looks like, right? I know he's not that old. I'm not comparing him to like a. I'm basically <laughs> comparing him to like a seventy-year-old guy. Like, see, see when you go shopping, right, and you see the old boy bumbling about with a tins of beans. He picks it up and he turns it slow. That's the way Atlantic fights. It's fucking so slow. It's like it's literally watching old boy go. Is that Heinz Beans, son? That's what it looks like, mate. It literally looks like that. His fighting style looks like that. He just, but fair play to the guy, mate. He he basically just. It wasn't even a submission. He just sat in the top. He just sat on top of Jared Vanderer, wrapped his arm around his neck, and went, "But you're going to fucking tap." And uh, like they were saying, it was a scarf hold. I mean, very good. It was. He was basically just a neck crank. It was like an inverted neck fucking crank. Bit old British bulldog man with the arm under his fucking. It was like a reverse bulldog. It was just like he was just literally just sitting there holding his heat. I was like, man, this is just savage. Um, no wonder they call him the boa constrictor. I reckon he could submit three guys at one time, man. It was nuts. Mate, um, his biggest challenge and the fucking guy fucked off and ran away. If he like, if he could have fucking choked out fucking Eli Latifi's neck, then I'd have gave him all props in the world because he'd need a fucking... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a fucking comparison. He'd something huge to get rid of that cunt's neck, so... Uh, good night, mate. I thought it was a really good night. Um, 
felt kind of special, felt kind of pay per view. So I was well impressed. I think even though there's a hell of a division, a divisions decisions on the um, on the card, it wasn't long. It didn't feel like a long night, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, always, it didn't. sometimes you can watch these decisions and you get because what did we have? Well, there was what nine fights between the main card and the prelims. We'd only two finishes, so you'd seven decisions to watch. Yeah, I didn't feel like I, I watched seven decisions. I felt like I enjoyed my seven. Sometimes yeah. you get decisions and you just fucking there's four or five in your own. You go, Jesus Christ, why the fuck am I putting myself through this? Yeah, this was nowhere near them. It was a quick night. It was. It felt like a quick night considering all decisions on it. Basically, it was a good night. I enjoyed it. I just said definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on then to this weekend. Um. So a couple of things this weekend. You've got this PFL, which we really want to talk about. In fact, so PFL is next weekend. Sorry, there's Rising this week. There's LFA, and there's Bellator and UFC. So, do you want to do UFC first or Bellator first? Do Bellator. I think Bellator's obviously got the bigger fight on it. Yeah, two big fights, mate. Huge fights. Um, yes, Bellator two seven seven is headlined by the rematch between McKee and Pitbull. Pitbull's coming for a second dose of ass whipping because he's stupid. Um, <laughs> we've got the culmination of the light heavyweight Grand Prix with the final between Nadim Nem. Sorry, Nadim Vemkov. No, Vadim Nemkov and Corey Anderson. Um, there's loads of stuff on this that we'll, we'll, we'll kind of run through quickly, but I'm actually kind of buzzing, mate. <laughs> mate, it, it's true. It's two tremendous title fights, to be honest. Um, obviously, we've seen McKee Pitbull before. We know how the first one went. Um, we know what a sensation AJ McKee is. We know what kind of high level this guy fights at. Um, I kind of agree with you. I, I, I'd imagine McKee's got to come out win the belt again as such or defend his belt and then let's be honest I'd like to think afterwards he's got to go to fucking Pitbull moan bitch let's go again and I'm going to take a lightweight belt off you um, so I'm, I'm I'm surprised it's actually not for the lightweight belt if I'm honest it would be a better way to do it I still think they should have made it 155 both belts so let's go yeah absolutely brilliant it would have been but hey listen I suppose if Patricio wins he gets he still holds to the two belts doesn't he so yeah, well, that's all true. But yeah, no, I can't wait for this, mate. McKee looked class the first time around. McKee's looked class forever. Um, he's probably one of the best one four fivers in the world. Um, he's without doubt one of the best fighters outside the UFC. I think that's probably enough. Oh, he's, he's, probably, he's probably the best featherweight outside the UFC. I would say. Um, I can't. Yeah, best featherweight outside the UFC. I'm, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just talking about general pound for pound fighters. Oh, pound for pound. oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I'd imagine he's, he, he must not be far off being pound for pound their best. I'd need to look at the rankings, but yeah, really excited for it, man. I really love watching McKee. Um, I can't see it going any other way. It might not, I don't mean like you know, um, the actual finish, like uh, McKee will he win. Is how he pound for pound, by the way, just to put that out, yes, yeah, a pound for pound. Yeah, I, I would have thought he would have been. Um, I McKee wins here, don't know how, don't know why, don't know when, but he wins, simple as that. Yeah, I can uh, see that maybe going a wee bit longer, I think. I don't think it'll be as quick as it was the last time, but um, I definitely it'll be a... Yeah, I can't I can see going one way myself, man. Yeah. Um, then, obviously, as I said, I mentioned on, you've got the culmination of the light heavyweight championship Grand Prix with the champ, Vadim Nemkov, defending against Corey Anderson, who has been on a bit of a tear since signing for um, Bellator. Um so this 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 could be a good fight, or it could kind of be a bit shite. Um, Let's be honest, Corey left the UFC for one reason and one reason only, because he wanted to go and chase a belt probably and a wee bit more yeah. dough, and this is what he's here for. He's, he's yeah. here to win that belt. Because um, he wasn't a bad fighter in the UFC. Was he going to get a belt? Probably not. As soon as Bellator came calling, it was like, well, I'm going to go make a wee bit more dough and then probably get a belt at the end of it. So... Um, Mate, it's, it's, it's a really good fight. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a class fight to watch. Nemkov's fucking sensational. Um, I know he's a very, very good fighter, so um, aye, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be class. Um, I think it'll be class. You forget Corey's only 32, do you know what I mean? So, like, he's a young guy. Um, he's, I think, he's I think a, we're all a bit surprised when he left the UFC in the first place a wee bit, so... 
I think there was probably more to that story, to be honest, mate. I reckon there was more to that. There was definitely some animosity there that we maybe don't know about. Um, but yeah, um, the rest of this, I mean, obviously the rest of this main card, there's literally four fights on their main card. Aaron Pico, who we always like to watch, um, he looked like he had tweaked, you know, the issues that he had um, previously. Um, obviously, he's looked good his last, like, five fights. He's won them all, obviously, when he lost to Boric in 2019 we were kind of unsure because he lost two in a row Corrales and then Boric quite quickly after each other so he then took some time and he's been in a bit of a tear since so hopefully Aaron's looking pretty sharp again hopefully mate um, we know the boys get talent we know how good he can be um, we'll sweat decision last time out um, against Justin Gonzalez but um, he looked he looked sensational in the few fights in the run-up to that Gonzalez fight. Um, still looked pretty good against Gonzalez, to be fair. But, um, aye, again, I expect him to get a win. I'm not saying it's a knockover from in any way, shape or form, but I do expect him to yeah. come through the fight and win it in the end. And then we've got a bit of a light, light uh, sorry, a heavyweight legends fight between Linton Vassell and Tim Johnson. Can't say I'm overly buzzed for that, but, you know, two guys have been around a long time. You know, combined fights, what's that, like 50-odd fights, something like that. So um, that's pretty... That's it's pretty not cool. something that gets knocked the fuck out, it'll be fun. Yeah, exactly. Right, moving on. Um, UFC Fight Night, Luke versus Muhammad. Also known as UFC Fight Night 206 and UFC on ESPN 64. It's from Back to the Apex um, for this one. Um, light card. What'd you say? Yeah, I was just, I've actually not had a chance to look through it. I was just going to quite look through it there. Aye, there's, there's a bit, there's a bit I mean, light. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing. There's 14 fights on it. It's not light at all. Um, it's light in quality, though. Yeah, well, light in quality, yeah. I mean, there is some there is some good fighters on it. Like, Yanan Wu is always good. Mahara Bueno Silva's class to watch. We love Sabatini. We talked to him a few weeks back. Um, obviously, we've just lost Zaleski Lazez, um, which is disappointing. You know, can I ask you something though? Yes. You ever heard of the two guys in the main, the co-main? No, I was actually funny enough. I was just looking at the two of them. How the fuck are they co-main? Well, one of them's never fought in the UFC. He's fought in a contender series. What about the other one? Mr. Paul, you're definitely right for us though, because we always dare us. No, no, we always dare us. And he's never fought. He's fought in a contender series. That can he be the co-main event. Can he be, mate? Let's have a swatch. It can um, be. No, Co-Main's Bueno Silva versus Yao, Wao Yanan. Um, Sabatini versus Laramie is uh, third fight. Um, and then, also, well, fourth fight was supposed to be the Santos Lazes, but obviously that's not happening. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't think Kyle Baralho and Gadzi Oram Garadziev would be anywhere near the main card, to be honest. Well, weirdly. On the UFC's website, it's not even on the card, so I take it this is made quite late. Or maybe maybe they're not even signed to the UFC, maybe they've just put us on the wrong fucking thing completely. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, uh, some good stuff on this fight. You know, Drakkar close or not, he's always good to watch. Rafa Garcia, he's quite fun to watch. Um, there's some good stuff down like at the start of the card, you know. But I think the main thing to get excited about here is the rematch between Bilal and Vicente. Um I think Phil yeah. Albieza will be a cracking fighter. Pieza turns up as well, by the way. Miguel Baeza? Uh, I think yeah. him and Andre Phil I think that could be an absolute belter if two of them turn up. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, this is, I'm really excited for this fight, though. Like, I'm really excited for Luke Mohamed because I don't remember it. So I obviously maybe wasn't that into MMA at that point. And even if I was, these guys were probably going to be really low down the card. And back then, probably was a bit of a casual and didn't fancy it. Um, so, like, I mean, I'm really, I think this will be a class fight, mate. This basically, this kind of basically, I was going to say, does this basically set up the, the winner to fight Chimaev? But people are talking about Chimaev fighting Colby. So, what what is what happens here? Just like the winner, the winner fights Usman? No. No. Edwards is still supposed to fight Usman. Aye, that'll harm. Well, that is a bit of a weird fight. I feel like it's two guys who, don't really have so stupid possible whoever wins this fight's Gilbert Burns because if Chimaev's going to go and fight Covington Edwards is going to go and fight Usman 
And maybe maybe that's his that's maybe that's what big old but Bonzi's come back from defeat type fight. Maybe that's maybe that's what's there for the winner. Um the Gilbert Burns fight possibly. Um yeah. that's a bit of a strange one. Um not a strange one in that respect because the one's fourth and fifth in the world, but what what are they fighting for as such? Yeah. Bill Mohammed's been on a good bit of a run recently. Um obviously beat Wonderboy, beat Maya, obviously had the no contest against Edwards, beat Dugulima, Ed Dugulima, Diego Lima, um, Lyman Good. Some decent wins in there, do you know what I mean? In his last six or seven fights. So he's on a wee bit of a roll. We all know good how good Vicente Luque is, man. This guy is I think if you're looking for somebody who's probably not going to win the belt, but you're looking for the top of the rest, he's probably there for me. Yeah. Um I don't know if we'll ever see Vicente Luque win a belt, but he's a sensational fighter. Um to be fair, you look at his record, he's probably the only one who's not a go Usman yet. Mm. He's not a go Usman yet. Um, you look at his last two losses he lost to Wonderboy that was a sensational fight that night in New York it was absolutely brilliant and the only other fight he's lost was five years ago in London to Leon Edwards I mean his record his record in the last like since that is crazy was it like 10 wins 1 loss something like that Aye. Yes, the only loss to Wonderboy the only loss he's had in 2017 is to Wonderboy once that, I, think that. If, I think if he beats Lucky he deserves a shot beat Mohammed you mean Aye, sorry, fuck. Aye, there's a talk about lucky. Aye, if he beats Mohammed, I think he deserves a shot, Look, absolutely. Because if you, I just think I'm, if you got a record of, he'll then have a record of eleven and one in the last five years. That's nuts in terms of one, how many times he's fought, and two, his actual record. That's crazy. I wouldn't have an issue with that, mate. I wouldn't have an issue if the centre lucky beats Billy Mohammed and put lucky in for a title fight after Edwards is a shot. Aye, no, no, no. I mean, look at it. Right, so Usman fights Edwards, right? It means Lucky or Mohammed is going to have to wait till after that fight because they're, obviously they're talking about Kobe fighting uh, Chimaev, um, which is fine. And then I presume Chimaev will probably get a shot once, if not once, if he smashes Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it just all ties everything up a bit. Shite. Depends when Usman's going to when, when Usman Edwards is going to get put on. That's why I'm maybe thinking the Lucky Burns fight could be a if Lucky beats Muhammad, that could be the fight to kind of make as such. I'm mm-hmm. not saying maybe Burns wouldn't get a title shot out of it, but if Lucky was to beat Burns, and for me, Lucky could get a title shot out. It's one of those situations you've seen them before in certain fights where if one guy wins a fight, he could go into a title fight, but if the other guy wins a fight, he'd maybe still have a win to get to get the title fight. I put himself um, back in the mix. Aye, whereas if Lucky was. Lucky, I feel like we're doing a service to Mohammed because of how good Lucky is. But if Lucky beats Mohammed this weekend, for me, I think I'd be calling out Gilbert Burns. But it's the same. It's the same conversation for Bilal. Bilal hasn't lost since twenty nineteen against Jeff Neal, and before that was twenty sixteen against Lucky. So if he avenges a loss against Lucky, there's no reason why Bilal couldn't take the Burns fight, and then Bilal gets yeah. a shot after Edwards. The winner of this fight, I think, will or could, sorry, should fight for the title. Not next, because I think Edwards still should. But after that, but then fucking Cam's that fights Kobe in two months. Well, I, think, I, I, I think that's the thing. I think whoever wins this fight could have one fight because they'll have to wait it out. Again, I think the Cam's that Kobe fight could be similar to the fact that if Cam's that beats Kobe, Cam's that will get a fucking shot. But if Kobe beats Cam's that, I don't know if they'd make the rematch Wiseman again. Yeah. So I think this is the same situation. Whereas if Lucky was to beat Mohammed or Mohammed beats Lucky, they fight Burns. They beat Burns, they get a title shot. But if they lose to Burns, I don't see Burns getting a title shot. It's do you know what I mean? What I'm trying to say. So yeah, it's a difficult one, mate. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot at stake here. It's a massive fight for both guys. A bit interesting to see how it goes. I imagine most. I'm saying most of it will be on the feet. I can't imagine Mohammed likes to wrestle, but are you going to take a guy whose jiu-jitsu is as good as Vincent Luque down? I don't know if he will, or he'll try and stand and bang with him, but if you do that with Luque, there's always a chance that he's going to catch everyone and fucking spark you out. So it'll be interesting to see what Mohammed's game plan is on Saturday night, because I think this could be that could be interesting. Um, Luque's record... Luque can do it anywhere. Luke's record since his first fight in the UFC, not counting his ultimate fight up from, is 14 and 2. Mate, that's that's crazy. Mate, it's sensational. Absolutely. 2015, 14 and 2. 
Absolutely that's, sensational record, man. That's crazy, mate. That's crazy. To fight 16 times in seven years as well is pretty good. Did you know that Vicente Lucky once fought Tiago Santos? Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> How that works. Yeah. At middleweight. Because Tiago, no, Tiago used to be a middleweight. I know, but that just sounds fucking stupid. I know, it does, mate. It does. It does. Anyway. And he beat all my punches. I know, I beat him. I know. I know. I'd love, I might actually see if I can dig that out. That'd be class. <laughs> um, right, cool. Fucking MMA 2012 mental, man. I know. Good card. Looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to the main event more than anything else, to be honest with you. Definitely main event heavy, but hey ho. Love watching the MMA, so let's do it. Right, quickly. It's time for the news. So, uh, UFC 273, it's been pretty quiet, obviously, we missed a week as well, so there's a couple of fight announcements for the previous week, I'll maybe throw it in as well. Um, but last week was pretty quiet, pretty quiet. usually in the run-up to the kind of pay-per-views, it's, there's not a lot of fight announcements made in the run-up, it's usually afterwards we get a lot of announcements, so... Um, couple of fights, throw them out there. One's actually been done last weekend. We've never really touched on it too much, Clark. William Knight, I think, a heavyweight. That'll be fucking weird, man. The two guys are quite tiny, but they're fucking huge. Yeah, William heavyweight. Knight, William Knight's he- fighting at heavyweight. And Devin Clark, that, that just seems mental to him, but at five foot ten, man, they must be fucking Um Yeah, so that's actually last weekend. Um, so... How the hell did I miss that? That's nuts, man. That's. Um, I'd imagine somebody's going to get fucking. Me, he's the same height as me. <laughs> he's got like twelve or fifty pounds grand there, man. It's fucking scary. That is. That's just no right. Like that's just. Like at least I'll say Devin Clark's six foot. I mean, yeah, okay. Devin Clark looks like he could hold the the weight. My my god, I can't wait to see a two hundred and fifty pound William Knight. By the way, that's going to be like hitting a tank. They <laughs> right. the two of them go just look at each other for fifteen minutes. Going like you're going to throw first. I think that oh. could be all issue. So um, anyway, ah. so I uh, that'd be mental. Uh, Jake Hadley has got his fight against Ali Nascimento. Um, Remade obviously that was supposed to be at it was supposed to be at UFC London, um, but it's now been moved to the 14th of May, so only a few weeks away. Um our favourite flyweight, our UFC women's flyweight in the world has actually re-signed with the UFC. And that is Caitlin Chikagan. Oh fucks. <laughs> She's back. back. She's never really left. She just signed a new contract. Yeah. Um, cool. So Fight Amanda Rebass on the May fourteenth card as well. So it's a good um, fight. It's a decent fight, mate. It should be. It should be a decent fight. I just might listen to it on fucking mute. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck's sake, man! Um, Touchy, the the best name in the whole of MMA. Um, I really want to see Touchy fight Fluffy, man. Just for the banter of the names, I got the tremendous. Feely, feely, fluffy, touchy, fluffy. Um, that'd be brilliant. So he's fighting Janderson Brito on the thirty of April. So that's the end of my month. Actually, that's quite a late fight announcement. So, yeah. Um, what else have we got? A one I was not disappointed because of who it is. As a as a fight, I've been released. Um, Big Ben Rothwell got released, but he was supposed to be obviously fighting Gus in May. Oh, Ben Rothwell, sure. Oh, it was Ben Rothwell, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. So Ben Rothwell, who was supposed to be fighting Alexander Gustafsson in May, has been released. So I'm guessing Gus, I've not seen anything about Gus having a new opponent in that fight, so I'm guessing we won't see Gus Gus back on the 21st of May, mate, uh, which is disappointing. Um, it wasn't exactly the most thrilling fight, fighting against Beth Rothwell, but it was just good to see Gus back. Uh yeah, I know. I can't wait to see Gus back, mate. You know he's you know he's the main man. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. So that was a bit disappointing. Um, another wee announcement. It looks like we will get Zhang Weili versus JJ Two. Oh, when's that? UFC two seventy five. So that'll be the Singapore card, which I'm actually just about to touch on because that was where we had our many many break. That was announced that the uh, UFC two seventy five will be going to Singapore. Nice. Um, 
two title fights on the card. We've got Glover versus Yuri Prochatka and obviously yep. Valentina versus Talia Santos as well. Also on that card, we've got Robert Whitaker versus Marvin Vittori. So it's fucking stacked, mate. Um, you've also, there's another couple of guys on that as well. So, um, wonder if, yeah. uh, wonder if they'll maybe poach any guys for one. Yeah, the fact that in the fucking, I wonder if it's in the same fucking arena, man. That's basically their fucking backyard, isn't it? It's like fucking get in there and just pissing all over it. Um, I think it is the Singapore Indoor Arena, uh, Indoor Stadium. Yeah, I think it is. So they're literally getting in there and pissing all over fucking one championship's fucking man. Let's be honest. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, aye. Um, no, I think. Well, two things quickly. Nat Woods. No fighting at one thirty-five anymore. Moving out to one forty-five. Yeah, he stepped up. Yeah, seen that. Um, seems a wee bit strange to me, but he's obviously decided that one forty-five is where it's at. And the only other wee bit of news today, which I've seen released earlier on, was that Henry Cejudo has re-entered the USADA testing pool. Seen that. So I wonder if he's planning his comeback. Um, yeah. I'd imagine he will be, mate. Offered, finally offered enough money to fucking come and fight. He seemed to determined to get that fight against Volkanovski, didn't he? So you never know. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd happily see him fight Volk or uh, Aljo. I'd love to see him. Because I reckon he could quite easily be a three-division champ. He could easily fight at 145, I think. Well, considering he's probably the same height as fucking Volkanovski as well, man, that would be fucking... Yeah. I can't have much difference in height between the two of them either, so... No. Now, are you? Ask me, my man. Class. Hey, guys, thank you as always for listening. We love that you do. We appreciate the love as well. Uh, remember, if you listen on Spotify, give us that rating. Even if you don't think it's five stars, give us four. Nah, fuck it, give us five. Um, we'd like to have a rating so people know that it's decent to listen to. Also, get us on the socials inside Cage MMA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And whatever you're doing this week, have a good one, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.